It is my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. Today, you've got Jeff and Diego. We are omitting Marissa because we're going to be talking about major digital nomad cities, so mega cities, where they are set up for digital nomad success. And we are skipping Marissa, not because we don't like her, but because she hates major cities. And Diego and I happen to enjoy major cities quite a bit. So, Diego... Where are you coming to us from today? And how are you? Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, definitely not a big city right now. I'm in, in Bali, Indonesia. And I think if you've been following the last few podcasts, you'd hear that nothing's changed. I've been here for now for the last, what, three months. I'll be spending another month here. So you can see it's a place that you can really get stuck in. But yeah, so over here, it's now almost 10 p.m. And Jeff, I think you're on the other side of the world, right? Where are you at? I am on the other side of the world. I'm in Medellin. Surprise, we're going to be talking a little bit about Medellin. Yeah, this is this is kind of my second home base, I guess. If you could say a digital nomad has a home base, this would probably be the other place I travel to more often than anywhere else. And yeah, actually, I don't want to spoil it too much. So maybe we just jump into, we'll just jump into the list. We've got seven major cities for you guys to talk about. And we've, we've actually gone through a list of criteria to build this list and i'll just briefly tell you what it is that we're looking for in a major city that'll make it like digital nomad worthy and the first thing on the list was community so it actually has to be a place where digital nomads are going so that you could go there theoretically you could go there alone or with like just one or two people and ideally find other people who are also digital nomads as well, whether that's in a co-working space or in, in cafes, it, it just has to have some sort of digital nomad presence. Second thing, super important, safety. And this is, we've actually had entire episodes on safety and we wanted to make sure that we included this in here. So we're actually going to talk, as we talk about these cities and like any major city, you're going to see some of these cities are more safe than others. And a lot of times you'll find that there's just unsafe areas of the city. So we're going to share whatever experience we have and any insights into what parts of these cities you should just be a little bit more careful about, especially as we start talking about, like, we're going to get into certain parts of Mexico and, and Colombia. We talk about that too. An obvious one, the third one, access to internet. You have to have good Wi-Fi to be a digital nomad. Kind of goes without saying. That's baked into the equation. Cost of living is another one. You can easily, like while everybody, when they first start out, they want to go, I want to go Western Europe. I want to go live in Paris. I want to go live in the UK. Well, if you're going to become a digital nomad and you're, you've saved money to do that, you're going to deplete your bank account really, really quick. And those grand ideas of going to fancy beaches and going to Western Europe and going and living in Italy, they're not going to last that long. So we're looking for something a little bit more on the sustainable side where, you're, where your savings will actually go a little bit longer. Then access to co-working spaces 
or cafes that let you pull out your laptop. We're seeing more and more of cafes with signs. Diego, you've seen this too. Oh, absolutely. It says, oh, by the way, you can't pull out your laptop. Yeah, this is kind of new to me too. I saw it for the first time in, in Bucharest last year, a laptop-free zone. I was like, oh, wow, all right. They're, they're picking up on us. So we're looking for places that don't have too much of that. <laughs> And then the last thing is the last thing is the ability to get around. So whether doesn't matter what that is, like access to Ubers. Some places Ubers are still illegal. Safe taxis, good public transit, metros, buses, or just pure walkability. So those six factors all baked in into our our non mathematical formula in our brains, and we've come up with seven places. So. Let's start off the list. Diego, let me just jump straight into one that you're really familiar with. Let's do Buenos Aires. Tell me a little bit about Buenos Aires and why why it qualifies, why it satisfies each of those. Yeah, things. awesome. Actually, when we were talking about Buenos Aires was one of the first ones that came to mind as being you know one, one of these really big cities, one that maybe a lot of people have on their bucket list as well, especially people who feel like they want to explore some of these bigger cities around the world. It's got so much personality and character. It's known for for so many for so many things. And I, before I'd ever gone to that, I, I already had this idea of what Buenos Aires was going to be about. I knew that it was a little bit, a little bit of a you know kind of semi European place lodged into Latin America. So you'd kind of get this mix of both of those. I knew everything about you know I was going to see a ton of tango there. It was all going to be about the steaks that they've got there, the wine, of course, you know the. Mal- the Malbec. So that's all part of what Argentina is and the, the, the brand, if you will, of Argentina. But having then actually gone there for the first time, um, that was now, what, four years ago, five years ago or so, I was actually really surprised that it is. it has these pockets, like some really awesome big cities do, where you, where it's totally walkable, right? So yeah, it's got all its skyscrapers and everything, but then there's this one area that's called Palermo, and in that area, you can just, you can kind of walk around to everything. There's these little little cafes, little restaurants. So it's a very, very hipster kind of scene, and everything's super accessible, right? And that, I think, is what makes, at least for me, makes that city such a cool one to explore, because you kind of base yourself out of there, you know that you can just move move out and about and and again food especially right now you know unfortunately the, the currency there has dropped significantly over the last year so the cost of living is super low I mean, basically if you've ever wanted to go to to uh, buenos aires now is the time you basically get it at a significant discount fingers crossed for them of course that this comes back to normal and, and stabilizes again but yeah you, you're kind of based out of that little part and then you get to explore the the rest of the city from there as well in terms of so you kind of talking about a few of the criteria points there, Jeff, in terms of internet, it's it's okay. It's definitely good enough. There's plenty of places where you can find good Wi-Fi, lots of places that'll let you work from from the, the spots as well. So it's very laptop friendly in that sense. We even had we found our first cafe there that basically charged you by the hour or the full day and then gave you a certain amount of free food with that. But basically you were paying for staying there to have your laptop out and, and working there. So it was kind of the first co-work cafe concept. So they're very, very used to that. And then the last thing I'd maybe just add for Buenos Aires that's worth mentioning is it's lovely because it feels like you are welcomed in, you're invited to explore, to discover the the local culture, to really be a part of it, to, to make friends there. And, and, you know, it's got a great, great nightlife, but it's not a bubble where you as a tourist get to, it's not a playground, right? It hasn't been built for you. And that's what I find that amazing. I find that really really wonderful because it's sustainable and it's it's just a much 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 better experience 
And so what you have to do is just come in and, and slot in and adapt and and really see what it's like to live, you know, side by side with a local Argentinian. So yeah, love the place. I will definitely be going back again soon. So it's kind of like one of those digital nomad spots that's, that hasn't crossed over yet. It hasn't gone into full-blown Disneyland for dis- digital nomads. Yeah. Somewhat yeah. authentic. Yeah. Absolutely. And and what do you... And what are you looking at in terms of like cost of living? Would you be able to equate that to anything else? Oh, oh, okay. If we compare, maybe yeah, because just giving you a ballpark figure might be difficult. But I could compare it. If we compare it to other Latin American cities, especially now with where the the currency is at, I think it might be comparable to to Medellin. It might be in, in, in some most places in Colombia. It might be comparable to honestly, probably even Mexico City at this point, just because it has dropped that much. I do find that the accommodation is a little more expensive. So you're probably going to find the kind of price that you'd find in a more sort of upmarket area in Mexico. But then once it comes to all of the other you know, parts of living, food, drinks, going out, all that stuff, that's a lot cheaper. It's almost like they kind of work in two different in two different currencies mm. using the dollar a little bit more for the for the accommodation and then and then the local currency for everything else really that really is similar to medic when you when people ask about the cost of living i generally say that it's about one third to one quarter the price of pretty much any major city in the united states now, i'll give mm. you an example so i ordered two breakfasts today through rappy rappy is a delivery service folks they'll deliver just about anything that you want for you like if you need them to run to the atm for you you can you can get an atm delivery any food delivery whatever you want to your front door it's awesome but i got through rappy i got two breakfasts this morning for delivered at the front door for seven bucks. So wow. in the United yeah. States, if you're to get two breakfasts delivered, you're looking at at least 30 bucks with the delivery fees and that kind of thing. So you're looking at probably, when we say cost of living is good, I, what I mean is like it's about a quarter of what you pay for the food prices. But, and oh man, I, I feel like I'm kind of jumping into Medellin already. Maybe we should just do that. That's <laughs> great. That no, we're the there. We're right the there. Let's yeah. just, let's, let's do that. Okay, so number one was Buenos Aires. Good description of that one. Second one, we're going to do Medellin. And just jumping into these six reasons that we list, listed off, one of the things that makes it super accessible is the exchange rate. You actually get a very, very low cost of living with the things that you were just talking about, like with the going and going out to restaurants, buying food, buying groceries, all that kind of stuff, you're looking at probably about a quarter of the price of any U.S. or probably Western European major city. But when it comes to the, the trade-off there, again, with the Airbnbs and the housing, similar kind of thing. And we're going to have to do kind of a breakdown of like where we would recommend living in Medellin because... We used to recommend living in the Poblado area, which is the western, I think it's the western side? Or is it? Yeah. Western side, yeah, eastern so, side. Okay. Up on the hill a little bit. It was kind of a, it, it, I guess when we first met back there, it was, was it 2018, 2019? I think it was early 2019. And it was still kind of on like the up and coming, still felt a little bit like a bubble-ish. Mm. Not not terrible, but it was just comfortable. It was just comfortable. A little bit more comfortable than, than normal And it place. felt like opportunity, right? It felt like something was buzzing in yeah. that city. Everybody was coming in and saying, oh, I, we should invest here. You know, this this place is definitely going to be big in the in the future. So it had that kind of feel to it, right? That kind of draw. Yeah. 
a, a lot of people like entrepreneurial type of spirit, just, just kind of in the air, you know? And there was, yeah. there was some nice restaurants, but it didn't feel too Westernized just yet in that Poblado yeah. area. And, and it was still fairly affordable. So I'm, I'm talking about, it, it does cost a little bit more for, for your accommodations. And it's even gotten, it's gotten out of control in that Poblado area. Like just to give you an example, I was renting last year in March, a two bedroom place for about 110 US dollars per night in the Provenza Poblado area. That since has gone up to about $160 per night, $170 per night, which is just insane. When when you consider like the comparison between the cost of food versus the cost of accommodation, it's just gone absolutely bonkers. And the main thing is it's driven just by tourists and, and not just digital nomads. Sure, there's a lot more digital nomads coming, but there's a lot of tourists coming into that area and it's just like shooting the prices through the roof so my solution to that is let's talk about like the different locations within medellin that you can live in so yes you can live in poblano we recommended that because it used to be like a really soft landing for people because it it wasn't too unlike what you'd experience coming from like a western you know, like United States or the UK or, or, you know, we got a lot of listeners coming from Western Europe and looking for first places to travel to. Not too dissimilar and it's pretty comfortable, uh, but that's starting to not become the case. I was just telling Diego before this podcast, I'm like, you're going to be surprised, but Blada's a lot different. A lot of the travelers have come there. And with that, you've got some, some more crime. And it used to be that we would warn people that there was some opportunistic crime, like walking down the street with your cell phone out. Like, don't do that kind of thing. Somebody's going to take your cell phone, right? Don't don't walk alone with your laptop bag at midnight in dark alleyways. Just common sense kind of stuff. But now it's kind of gotten to the point in that area because of all of the tourism that people have moved in there and they're taking advantage of the tourists. And the tourists are looking for not so good things themselves. So that kind of area has gone downhill a little bit. So in short, what we recommend to you is, yes, definitely go to Medellin because it's it's beautiful. It's super inexpensive if you do it right. So what I recommend is going to like the, the bottom part of Poblado, which is called Manila, or you could go to where I've been staying in is Lorelis. So that was the last time I stayed here back in March was Lorelis. And... Now I'm staying in Lorelis and I'm actually, I've got a nice studio, Diego, here, I'm going to, nobody can see this. Sorry, but audience, I can, but, nah. I've got a, but you can, I've it got a nice awesome. view. The whole, the whole front of this wow. little studio is just, oh, it's just window. It's, it's nothing too fancy. I mean, you just, I'm just looking at another building across from me, but I'm paying, I think 30, 36 us dollars per night. That's amazing. Studio. It's all mine. It's just, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's it's in Lorelis. It's in Conquistadores. It's yeah. really really quiet. I'm walking distance to everything around here, so I, I kind of like went back in time to Poblado five five six years ago, and just like I'm doing it all over again at Lorelis and still getting like the really good food prices. That's amazing. And Jeff, look, I I've been meaning to actually spend some time down in Lorelis. Every time that we go to to Medellin, I always say, okay, we're always staying in El Poblado. Let me try out what it's going to be yeah. like to be in Lorelis because. Even you know, five years ago when we first went there, people would always ask or would always say, "Hey, have you ever, you guys ever tried out Laurelis? It's also an up and coming neighborhood." 
And so what I heard back then about that neighborhood was, mm. well, it's more local, right? So you're a little bit more like, it just feels like you're more part of that city in that sense. But also it's where more of the more of the students are. So it's still a very hip area. There's a lot going on, but it's just not as much of a, of a touristy bubble as El, El Poblado is. Is that kind of, does that kind of paint the right picture? Is there, is there something yeah. else there as well? No, it, it, it definitely is. It's just more... You, you don't see as many tourists and, and sure there's yeah. certain little pockets because it is it is up and coming it's just kind of like it's like early adopter phase of a cool new area so you'll see some people but but in general i'm not seeing a whole lot of western travelers just like in mass just yet i, I mean at some point i'm sure it's going to go through that maturation phase like you saw poblado go through but you do get a lot more like like cultural experience here you get a lot more of the typical restaurants that you would come to expect all that kind of stuff so it's 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 nice it's a good alternative and i would recommend it to people just get out of the bubble at least like if you sure do poblado for maybe like a week or so but but check out Lorellis. you know get out of the get out of the comfort zone get out of the bubble and yeah check just just give it a shot and it's going to be a little bit cheaper for you too Maybe one last thing if we to, to just leave everybody listening with, because if you if you if your heart is set on trying out El Poblado, Jeff, you did mention one there that's uh, what was that Manila. And I think it's just important to, uh-huh. to remember that that is attached to El Poblado. Like you can just walk from one to the other. They're not far. If not, you take a quick cab and you'll you'll reach oh, yeah. um, reach it as well. So 15 if you, minutes. Yeah. And, and it's it's a, yeah. it's a fantastic area. We actually were there six years ago back when there was nothing there really and I, I came back about two years ago and and saw that already that many things had developed so i do i, uh-huh. I do highly recommend that one too because there you get a little bit of of both worlds but still in an area that's kind of quiet and and now you get to feel that up and comingness of that area and, and there's a big supermarket right around the corner there as well like a really big one so that's a good mm-hmm. spot to be right it, it really is and it, it it's again it's kind of a similar thing to to Lorellis. it is up and coming it's it's in poblado so it's more popular and you still get more travelers there but like it's it's kind of the new poblado and it's really really nice a lots of nice new restaurants popping up all the place very very cool place to be awesome awesome Sweet. uh yeah okay so just running through the list you got community obviously medellin it's tops for digital nomad community it's a hub safety be smart it's a big city opportunistic crime is everywhere just don't walk around with your stuff hanging out just you know same thing that you would do in any major city access to internet i haven't had any problems here ever livability cost of living we already talked about that co-working spaces you've got selena i won't even go there i don't want to it's late at night i don't want to set you off having bad dreams but there's tons of cafes we all know that and the ability to get around yeah, you, Ubers are still technically illegal, but you can use them all over the place. And most of it, like you said, depending on where you live, it's walkable. As long as you're not walking from Lorellis to Poblado, which is impossible. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And one of our cool. favorites. Right? Let's, uh, and one of our favorites. Yes. Yeah, me and you. Let the, come to Medellin. Join me, join me on one of these trips coming up. Let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> okay. Easy, easy sell. Okay, cool. Let's let's jump over to one that we've both done as well. Barcelona. What do you like about Barcelona? Why does that make the list? Yeah, but I mean, Barcelona is a very it's a it's a steady one, right? It's been one of the most popular cities in Europe for ages. Certainly in in Spain as well. It's always been attracting a ton of tourists. 
But I feel like it has over the last six years or so really been starting to attract more and more digital nomads. And it's for all the same reasons why tourists love it. It is, it's, you know, it's a beach, beach city technically, but really a mega, like it's a beach mega city. It's a very big, big city. Lots of, yeah, just lots of culture. It's walkable in, in, in really most of its areas. If not, you get a bike and you get around everywhere as well. So it's really well, well laid out for that. And similar to what we were kind of saying there with Buenos Aires and, and Medellin were certain areas, right? So wherever you're based out of, you're going to find you kind of end up staying in that area. You visit around a little bit, maybe do the tourist thing here or there, but then you'll come back to that area and kind of gravitate to that. So decide a little bit where that area is going to be for you. The only area that I would kind of say to probably avoid is the actual, oh, I forget the road, but the actual main tourist road that goes all the way down to the water. That is insanely busy. That's where there's some pickpocketing as well. It's very loud, very loud. I would even suggest to be out of the, out of the old town part of Barcelona because again yeah the, the the buildings are they let through a lot of noise and when they go around cleaning the the streets it, you you're going to get woken up and they'll be throwing bottles and and that at like 5 a.m so that's one thing to I mean, just <laughs> just step just outside of that part of the city and then you've got a yeah. little bit more more infrastructure but apart from that all the classic stuff great cafes I would say definitely less laptop friendly though right I, I'm not sure if that's something that you experienced as well yeah so there's definitely a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of just like traditional cafes. It's, yeah, it's like where you drink coffee, it's a coffee right? shop. Mm, where you yeah. drink coffee. Yeah, you literally, you literally drink, and eat which croissants. is fantastic. <laughs> and eat croissant, which is the coffee there is fantastic too. By the way, like actually, f- food and drink. That's that might be top of our list today. That might be the top of the seven in, Bar- in Bar- Yeah, Bar- Barcelona's, and it's oh. super known for that as well. Plus mm-hmm. all all this all the Spanish cuisine that you, but but really international stuff as well. That's a nice. Yeah. The, the city has a wonderful oh. mix. And then the, the dried meats. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And what's the, the, the stuff? Serrano. Yeah. Oh my god. Unbelievable. Guys, I'm gushing. Jesus. Barcelona's you know what's really cool about it is it's like a whole bunch of little mini cities. It kind of reminds me of Mexico mm-hmm. City in that way. It's like it's just a it's a mega city of a bunch of little neighborhoods. Yeah. And they feel yeah. different. Like as you're walking from I didn't stay in the old town. I stayed in I don't remember where. It was a great little section, though. I, I don't have to look it up on the map. And that's the thing, right? When it feels like w- when you're looking at one big city and it feels like all these little little cities, but places that you can completely walk in, right? That's a really mm-hmm. rare thing for, for one of these big cities. It, even in, in Mexico City, yeah, you tend to, like there's certain areas that you can walk in a little bit, but then you tend to drive mm-hmm. to most places. Right? And so that's quite different. Yeah. You, it's, yeah, it's pretty much all walkable. It's... Yeah, it's it's awesome. You've you've got so going through our list, you've got digital nomad community for sure. Some people mentioned to me they didn't feel totally safe. I never felt that. I, I felt pretty fine, though I was with I'd a group most of the time. So it's opportunistic stuff, right? Sure. That's really the, the yeah. challenge in, in I think, Barcelona. I think that'll be a thematic thing throughout these any mega city. Like you're gonna experience yeah. opportunistic right? You you kinda have to have your head on a swivel and just don't do anything. Just don't do anything and stupid basically you know internet obviously that one's fine i never had any problems with yeah. internet their livability this is maybe the only category that's like not as great it's it's a little bit more expensive like i probably wouldn't spend more than a month there just because everything like accommodations was 
was a little bit higher than anything else on the list. The food was a little bit more expensive. You know what, Jeff? Maybe yeah. thinking also about when we go there, right? So just to let everybody know who's listening in, Barcelona uh-huh. is going to be the most expensive if you go in the normal tourist season. And it's also going to be super hot. I don't actually recommend it, right? So go in the shoulder season. Go no in air spring conditioning. and autumn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? So if you take yeah. those those times, you're going to find much better prices too, right? Yeah, that, that's that's a really good point. I think I went in the height of summer. So that's probably Ooh, why. Yeah, I, I did a compl- I did it like a total tourist, but just wanted to go. Yeah. Okay. So last couple things, co working spaces. Eh, maybe not so much on that. It's a little. I mean, I'm sure you can find co working spaces, but we were just worked from home and it was fine. And then just like a couple hours from a cafe here or there. Not awesome for laptops in cafes, but still mm, totally mm-hmm. doable. And then ability to get around. It's got to be tops. Like I was able to walk between just about every neighborhood I wanted to. I probably walked four or five miles a day just as part of morning exercise plus my habit of trying to find the perfect cafe the perfect coffee just every morning i'd leave (laughs) i'm I'm gonna need your your list of cafes once you once you've done your rounds uh, i've got them i'll send it nice i'll yeah i'll send it to you on instagram i've got it all all locked in perfect Jeff, I was going to ask you, actually, did you manage to do the biking thing in Barcelona as well? They have a really, really great biking system where you just, you get an app, you get to pick up your bike from uh-huh. anywhere, drive it anywhere, drop it off. It, it, honestly, it's fantastic. It's, it's one of the things I love the most about that place because it combines, it's such a walkable place. And if you then bring the bikes into uh-huh. that system as well, then you truly can get anywhere. You don't need a car at all. I really love that. That was, uh, yeah, just gives you full that's freedom. A, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. So it's, recommend it next It's time. a really good one. I'm so, so okay. Got it. Biking thing for the next one. Highly recommend that. That's the third on the list. So so far we've got Barcelona, Buenos Aires, and Medellin. Let's let's jump into another one here. Tell me about. We've talked about Lisbon before, but not in this context. I haven't been to Lisbon, so I'm just gonna lean on you to to sell me on Lisbon as a digital nomad. Ooh. Yes. Well, so we were going to have this one a little bit as an honorable mention because we, neither of us have spent a lot of time there. There's two things though that I can say about it. I have spent, I think about a week there and that was quite a while ago, but most importantly, maybe it's, it needs to be on this list, right? Even if we haven't had that, that in-depth mm. experience of the place yet. And, and I will soon, I'm planning to actually head there early next year to give it a try to actually live there for a while. But we know from our community of what, over, over a thousand digital nomads that are traveling around that they, there's so many people that end up in Lisbon and they end up there either semi-permanently or permanently. So people that really want to end up investing in that place and just kind of like finding a base there because it's it's just, it's a people favorite, right? It's, it's one of those destinations that you just, you just don't really want to leave. And so just by default there already, your digital nomad community is there. That, that box is checked. Yeah, in terms mm-hmm. of cafes, there's so many of those around. And I really recommend the little, they're called like Pates de Nata or something like that. They're they're amazing. They're incredible. That's these little like custardy, oh. crunchy. Tar- oh, oh I w- I'd go there just for that. That's it. I'm, I'm investing in Lisbon just to just to eat those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, um, let's let's invest in some property in Lisbon. That's it. That's it. That's it. Well, a good friend of ours I'll actually tr- has just recently bought one. So he's, oh, he's very okay. happy. Okay, awesome. I'll I'll yeah. try to I'll try to get my parents involved because that's a good place for expats or pensioners yeah. to, to move to. Yeah, apparently they've got it, a really good are doing system it for, for people to retire at. And it's also because of the tax. They've got a certain tax situation where they, over the course mm-hmm. of, I think, the first 10 years, you don't have to pay a certain type of tax. So something definitely worth looking into if, if you're in that kind of situation. So they're kind of trying to attract that type of person as well to bring more expats in. 
But yeah, tons of cafes, mm-hmm. laptop friendly, tons of restaurants. It used to be cheaper. It's certainly, it's definitely coming up in terms of pricing a little bit. So I'd say it's probably, yeah. probably less than than Barcelona in terms of like cost of cost of living there. But it might be, yeah, it might be on par with some of the bigger cities in Europe. If but but probably not the main cities in Europe. So it's still a little bit below that. Yeah, I don't know if they're safety wise. Definitely, I, I haven't heard anybody talking about having safety issues there. So no, all in all, mm-hmm. really solid place. In terms of like, as we're going through these categories, these six categories, the community, this has got to, this has got to be one of the top five digital nomad hubs in the world, right? It's kind of like almost an original digital nomad hub, isn't it? Yeah. And it always has been, you know, very early on, it it already had that reputation. Then it kind of just stayed steady. And I feel like now it's picking back up again as a, as a main spot for nomad. So yeah, you're going to find... Uh, you know, outside is there. It's I think it's made number one on on what's it nomad list. So yeah, it's it's uh-huh. really known for that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I am I am looking for plans for early next year. If you say that that's part of your plans, then I am there. I now have a plan. I'll see you we'll there. Talk. I'm going to be skiing in January, but after that, I'm up for it. Okay, we'll talk. Sounds good. All right, so we got Lisbon off the list. Let's go to one that I've done, and I, I don't believe you've done Montreal yet, right? No, 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 that's all you. Surprising one. So number five on the list, Montreal. You wouldn't expect a place in Canada, actually in North America, to make the list just because it would automatically get pulled off of the, the livability aspect, the cost of living. But surprisingly, Montreal, I found was probably about 60 to 75% of the cost of any food that you buy of a major city in North America. So surprisingly cheap. And that actually translated over to accommodations as well. So it was surprisingly livable and a really, really awesome city. And it actually has co-working, like designated co-working spaces and really good cafes to work from. And I went there completely on accident. I was just with a friend and I was like, let's check out Montreal because we've been hearing about it for years. We heard the people were super cool. We heard the food was super cool. And then as a secondary, we're like, well, let's just try to make it work as a place to live. If it's terrible, whatever, we can swing it for like three, four weeks. No big deal. Turns out it's an awesome digital nomad spot. It's super safe. You've got new town and old town and you can just walk the entirety of that. You can just walk from, no matter where you live, you'll probably live in Newtown. That's probably where you'll end up getting an Airbnb or something like that. But you can easily walk from one to the other. You can get really inexpensive and amazing food. And I'm talking the biggest like food cultural mixing pot I've ever seen. You want really, really good Chinese food, you've got it. You want really, really good Indian cuisine, you've got it. If you want poutine, which anybody doesn't know what poutine is. It's a bed of French fries with cheese curds melted on top of that and gravy poured on top of that. Canadian <laughs> Canadian style dish. Incredible. It'll make you fat as hell, but it is absolutely fantastic. You want that? You've got poutine. Everything that you can possibly think of is there in, in Montreal because it is kind of like a big cultural mixing pot. Anyway, you see tons of different nationalities there. Everyone just kind of blends together in this really, really friendly, beautiful city. So kind of a surprising little stop off on our list here, but definitely, it's definitely worth checking out. Love it. Hey, I mean, that this has made me put it on my list and I'm surprised I haven't been there yet. But yeah, it's one of those that a lot of people talk about and everybody, even people coming from Canada, they say, I'm going to come back to to Canada in the summer Mm -hmm. because I want to spend some time in Montreal. So yeah, it speaks for itself. 
That's amazing. Yeah, last last tip on that. Safety wise, I never saw any issues. Yeah, just going through a list here. Safety wise, never saw any yeah. issues. I didn't even foresee seeing any problems. Again, that doesn't mean that you should be unsafe. Like definitely, you know, don't go running down the street flaunting your electronics, that kind of thing. Community there, probably more on the up and coming side. Yeah, there are really workable cafes and there are co-working spots. I wouldn't say it's like a digital nomad city yet. So it's probably a little lower on that one. Perfectly fine. It's a major city. Cost of living talked about that. Co-working spaces and walkability. Really good. Last note on this is probably don't go anytime after Halloween. I start I got there, I was leaving around Halloween and it gets ungodly cold. People don't understand what cold means until you go and live in Canada. And Canadians will tell you all about that. Like they know what cold means and that place is cold. So you get maybe five, six months a year. Maybe don't go during June, July when it's sweltering hot, but try to catch one of those five months. Cool. Number five, Montreal off the list. And let's go to a place I haven't been yet. Diego, tell me about Rio. Oh, wait, actually, do we want to do Rio yet? Or do we want to do, or are we going to do that as a bonus one? I might've screwed it up. <laughs> I can, no, that's fine. I can, I can cover Rio real quick. I did actually want to talk about it briefly. And it's, uh-huh. it's an interesting one because it has a, a bit of the, the, the things that we're looking for and then is missing maybe one quite important. Okay. But yeah, let's, let's hop in. I've, I've been there now. And it, it, you know what? The other thing, the other reason I'd love to talk about it is because frankly, it's been one of my favorite destinations I haven't been to for the most part of my life. And then I finally got to go there and it was cool. It wasn't, you know, it's one of those things where you, you probably got too excited and then you're like, okay, maybe it's not, it's not everything that I was hoping for it to be. It I'm still going to come back. It didn't qu- yeah, it didn't quite live up to, to the hype I had in my own mind of it. But <sighs> okay. so Rio is, Rio is stunning. And in terms of its setting, it reminds me most of, of Cape Town in that it's got these crazy formations, these crazy like mountains that are coming out there. You're straight on the on the water and these these different, yeah, just bays basically that are formed through those mountains. And then and then the city just kind of like sprawls along the along those those bays. So that part is is incredible. It's 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 I think that's the main reason why people why it's so famous, right? Why it's why it's gained so much popularity over over decades now. It's it was in fact I'd say that Rio was more popular for tourism a few decades ago than it is now, right? And that unfortunately is due to <laughs> security safety issues that have been coming up, especially in, in the last, you know, five to ten years. A lot of a lot of unrest and especially to do with the with with just, just drug cartels and and favelas, right? So at one point they even raided the the favelas to try to clear things out, kind of cut cut off the uh, the kingpins and then there was nobody left and there was a struggle for power. And that really caused a lot of issues in the in wow. the city. So this is to tell you a little bit about the safety problem. What makes a little bit more uneasy about a place like Rio than other cities I've been to is that it, it, there is there is certainly an inherent con- safety concern, and you don't know which part is safe and which part isn't because you are always about you know ten fifteen minutes away from a favela, and any of that any anything that could put you at risk can catch you anywhere in the city. There's no there's no zone where you can feel absolutely safe and just walk around. So you always have to walk around with that in mind and just make sure that you're okay. I, I take limited amount of money out. I'm okay with losing my phone if I if if you know if something were to happen to me, I would just hand it over. Also because the crime there is more aggressive if you don't just give into it and say, okay, fine, here you go. Right. So that's really, really important if you do go there. And that's why I wanted to kind of lead with that. But beyond that, it's been a really, it's just been a, a really, really interesting place to go to. Again, you can bike around a lot. During the day, you can walk around as well. I do recommend being there with, you know, with a group 
group of people, at least a few people so that you feel a little bit more safe. Yeah, good good food, nothing spectacular, I'd say, and a little bit less less walkable maybe than other destinations that we've been talking about here. But you do have a good Uber service as well, so you can get around quite quickly to different places. But yeah, apart from that, you know, it's it's known for its nightlife, the the samba, the just the Brazilian Brazilians know how to live life. And that is just something worth experiencing. You know, imagine you could live there for a few months and just just soak that in. I think that's an incredible thing. That's been decent, I would say. Big struggle though with getting SIM cards. So um, that is something just to get ready for it. It's going to take you a day to, to figure out, but I would get, I would certainly get that backup. What else do we have? Digital Nomad community. I'd say they're not as much just because again, currently it's, there's, there's not as many people traveling to it as there used to be. But I think that that's going to come back again over the next year. So keep an eye Safety out. Safety related. Yeah, once is. that starts bouncing back. Yeah, gotcha. It mostly is. Okay. Yeah, and that's kind of it. Co-working spaces, again, not too many, but there are some in these key areas. And in regards to the area that you actually want to be in, it, you probably want to be looking at Leblon. That's that's probably your your ideal area. And not, as most people think, Ipanema, because Ipanema has actually just kind of aged, right? So yeah, gotcha. it's worth knowing. Okay, so Rio definitely on the list with a few caveats. Looks like it's it's trying to rebuild and maybe get in on the ground floor early. Check it out before before it turns into a major into a major hub. Okay, last one on the list, and I actually dig. I think probably the biggest mega city that we've got on the list here would be also probably a bit of a surprise to some people would be Mexico City. So tell me why. Well, let's just jump into the fun part. What do you love about Mexico City? So I'm going to say a few things, Jeff, but then I'm going to throw it back to you because I think you have spent way more time there than than I have. I lived there when I was when I was a little kid, like tiny before preschool or something like that. Of course you you did. You've lived everywhere when you're a little kid. (laughs) Been around a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. And and then I came back only only what a year ago or so to actually spend a little bit of time there nomading. There's there's two areas, right? Two to three areas. La Condesa is one of them. Uh, what was the other one? Roma Norte, and then what was the third? Roma one? Norte. See, see, I've been in many. Sorry, uh, my... we're bringing in the Spanish. <laughs> I've been, I've been. I, it's, it's actually words are coming to me in Spanish before English more that's, often that's now. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's been good practice. Yeah, my, my girlfriend lives here in Medellin, and her mom speaks only Spanish, and she tells me that I'm only allowed to speak in Spanish, and so I'm. So, so bad at it, but it's a really good way to learn. It's just, sorry, side tangent, but um, forcing, just forcing me to make mistakes is is probably the only way to do it. And just, yeah, whatever, sound like an idiot. It's fine. (laughs) No, you're good. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are, those are the areas that I remember from it. We kind of walked through those as, as well a little bit. And we just found that again, there's tons of people working remotely from the cafe. So clearly the digital nomad scene is strong there, but, but it's not just you, right? Like you're sitting there next to locals working on their laptops in the cafes as well. And I really like that that that, that mixes. It's, it, again, it's similar to Buenos Aires in that you, you're you welcome there, you know, jump right in, enjoy it, but this is not made for you, right? So slot in and 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 live like like everybody else there. Of course, those areas are upmarket though, right? Like there's a ton of hipster cafes, great restaurants. Ah, oh, food in Mexico? That's probably oh some of the best God. stuff out there, huh? Yeah. We should have, well, you know, what we should have built was like one of those, you know, those spider charts where you compare all of the different oh, categories yeah. ratings against one another be, be, I, I feel i feel like we need to create one because it's like on the on the food part that one maxes out that one in barcelona just like explode yeah. through the chart yeah uh, no absolutely and and it's it's also that you get this great food 
and you have access to really inexpensive food as well, like really inexpensive local yeah. Mexican amazing food. Yeah. And when what we else? Say what am I missing? Good food. We're like world. It's like world class, folks. Like I, I really can't understate it. It's it, people go there just for the food. Like I had a friend go mm-hmm. there, and he booked. He went on a Wi-Fi tribe chapter and actually like picked out that chapter because specific people were going to be there who are also foodies and they had built reservations i think two to three maybe even a month in advance of all the places they're going to go like it is wow. a culinary hot spot so yeah i mean it's 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 great if you're a foodie if you're a coffee person yeah i mean just go there for that <clears throat> go there for that alone neighborhoods yeah we got roma north you've got said becoming oh boy i just checked out some airbnb prices in the last, since I was there in 2020, the prices for Airbnbs went up 2 to 2.5 for the same exact Airbnbs, 2.5x. So, like, you're looking at nothing under 150 bucks a month, 125, 150 bucks, sorry, per night for just a one-bedroom. So, go with somebody. You're going to need a roommate. Oh, my God, it's getting expensive there. The secret's out, unfortunately. Or just stay somewhere else. Like, maybe go outside Condesa, go to Roma Norte. You can go to Polanco. It's a little bit Polanco, removed from that stuff, it. but it's a, yeah, mm-hmm. another nice up-and-coming neighborhood with, again, some of the best food I've ever had. You mentioned a really cool aspect on the on the community and how you're like, it's not built for you because it's not. It's like, it's built for the people that live there. And they're into a lot of the same stuff that digital nomads are into, like really nice hipster type of coffee, really, really good food and that kind of thing. And I think it's a really important thing that as we built this list, we, were, we, we had in mind, like, don't leave your country to find another bubble of your country in someone else's country. Like, don't go into the fish tank if you don't have to. And that's definitely the case in Mexico City. It's like you you won't end up going into like your perfect little bubble fishbowl. What else? So community, huge. Tons at any given point, I know at least five people that are living in Mexico City. And there's a massive digital nomad community. Livability, it's a little bit more expensive. Like I said, pick a different area. Maybe take a look at Roma Norte. Maybe take a look at Polanco. Co-working, you can work from pretty much any cafe. There are co-working designated cafes as well, which are awesome. Traveling and getting around, I'd say within the neighborhood only. So like if you're in Condesa, you're pretty much only walkable in Condesa. Roma Norte, you're walkable in Roma Norte. Polanco, you're walkable in Polanco. You're not walking to any other community. So it's a little tough because it is an enormous city full of little neighborhoods, kind of similar to Barcelona, just like a lot less walkable. Last thing, Diego, let's take a minute on safety because that's usually the biggest concern that people have and the biggest surprise that they have when I talk about Mexico City. What would your, what's your experience with the safety there and do you have any recommendations for people? Yeah, again, again, I think, Jeff, you, you might have a little bit more insight from, from having spent a little bit more time there. But to me, it's a similar kind of thing as what you see in most South American cities where it's have your wits about you. It's, you know, be, being in a, in a big city. In these in these areas, in these more, more like the areas that we just talked about now, I certainly have felt safe to be walking around. I would even have my laptop in a backpack. But what I usually do is I, I just I just make sure I don't look like like I've got a lot of money on me. And if anything, I probably just look like, you know, just a random backpacker or a traveler or something like that. And then no one's really looking out for what what I might have in my backpack. 
Um, so that's one way to do it. I would never really, you know, walk around talking on the phone or or messing with with my phone. Like that's just general uh, general kind of rules for places. But no, I don't know. Have you have you heard significant issues from from those areas, Jeff? Anything that you've heard from the groups of people there? Nothing. Nothing real. The only yeah. concerns I've ever heard are of people that haven't been to Mexico City and assume it's right. dangerous. Which it's sure it. It can be, definitely, if you go to the wrong areas. But like I said, you can do that with any city. I used to live in Oakland, and I was safer there than in my tiny little residential hometown. It's just, you know, don't go into this neighborhood because it's not for you. You're not meant to be there kind of thing. So it's maybe just do a little bit of listen to this podcast first. Go to those those neighborhoods we talked about. Do a little bit of research and figure out where not to go because it really is – a huge city full of a bunch of neighborhoods. And no, I've I've never had any problems. As a matter of fact, when I was living in Condesa, it was like I would walk down the street. I That's one of the safest places I ever felt, really. Uh, wow. like I, I, did, I had zero concerns. I didn't even, no, I didn't even have to disguise myself as like a backpacker or anything like that. I would just walk around, hey, I'm digital nomad, laptops on the back. And generally, there's like a whole bunch of professionals doing the same thing, walking around me, mostly with dogs. Anybody that's into pets, that's like one of the, it's like the dog capital of the world. It's got a, that beautiful dog park with huge dogs, small dogs, everything. So it's like pretty, in terms of safety, community, it just feels very, very friendly and, and very comfortable. Okay, that's that's it. Do we have, I don't think we've got any honorable mentions, do we? No, we, we, we squeezed them in there. Yeah, that was kind of our, our real one to put it out yeah. there. But no, that's it. Okay, that's it. Well, everybody, that is the top seven mega cities to live as a digital nomad. And I'd say most of these, you could a lot of the people listening are, are new travelers getting into being a digital nomad the first time. I would say most of these I'd just go for. Aside from maybe Rio might be a little bit more advanced. That might be like a phase to try it after one of these first ones but any of the other ones i could confidently say give it a go like i i think it's probably there they actually qualify as good starter locations as well what do you think yeah yeah probably all except for except for rio yeah no they yeah. they're all pretty solid for that yeah definitely absolutely cool so that wraps up our episode for this week make sure that you subscribe to our our podcast if you can leave us a review we really really appreciate it helps us out a lot give us a rating give us a review and for those of you looking for any jobs to become a digital nomad go to our website beachcommute.com backslash 99 is it 99 no it's not I always get the number wrong and Marissa corrects me. (laughs) It's 91, 91, right? 91 jobs. Yep. 91, 91. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. She corrects me every time. And because I use her as a crutch, I don't correct myself and I still don't have it right. (laughs) Thank you. We're going to help, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks. I'm just, I'm just hosting. I know nothing else. (laughs) All right, Diego. It's good talking to you. Thanks everybody. And we'll see you next week on the Digital Nomad Experts podcast.